electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tech Tech Plus. I'm Julia Borstead, and I'm so excited to be joined here today by Shivani Saroya, the founder and CEO of Tala, a microloan company that has dispersed over $3 billion in loans and raised, I believe, over $350 million. Shivani, thanks so much for being with us today. Just to start off and level set, before we get into some of the news around your business, why don't you explain to some of our viewers how Tala works? Sure. Um, so Tala is a mobile app that works across emerging markets. Uh, we work in Kenya, the Philippines, Mexico, and India. And we are really the first ever fintech that is designed for the true underserved customer. And so these are typically customers that do not have a traditional credit score. And so what we've developed is a way through our mobile application to credit score customers and to be able to now provide full banking products to them. Our first product that we started with was a credit product, which allows a customer again instantaneously to receive access to working capital or liquidity. Uh, and now we've moved beyond that to now become a full bank for these customers, providing them with a savings product, a uh, bill payment product, as well as other kind of peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Now, one thing I always found so interesting about your company is the fact that you don't charge fees and customers keep coming. I'm sorry, you don't charge late fees um, or penalties for people um, being late and repaying, but customers keep coming back for more. Explain to us how your unique pro uh, value proposition for your customers enables you to have these long-term relationships with borrowers. We've always thought about the relationship with we that we have with our customers as long-term and we want sustainable growth. And so we've never been in it to really think about, you know, how can we maximize the revenue that we're earning, you know, in the short term. And so because of that, you know, accruing late fees, these kinds of things, these are going to hurt customer relationships. And we know this customer is already facing a lot of liquidity issues. So we don't want to put them further in debt. And so that's why we've really put the power in our customers' hands, really designing a product where they can pick their own due dates um, and really allowing us to understand why do they pick a particular date? Is that when they're, when they're getting paid? Is that the way their business works? And so again, it's designing from the person up rather than again, thinking of it as how do we just maximize in the short term? And without those penalties, you end up having customers come back time and time again and also repay their loans on time, right? Yes, we have a 98% repayment rate, 98% uh, repayment rate as well as a 98% repeat rate. Yeah, incredibly high. Now, before we go into your news out of Kenya, I just want to get your perspective first on the macroeconomic environment and its impact on people who are your customers who are relatively underserved in this space. Um, and, and I want to start by just saying that when we look at the global economic outlook right now, you know, we know that there are a lot of businesses, especially in tech, that are facing hardships and they're making a lot of tough decisions right, around their employee base and, you know, their product roadmaps. And so we do feel very fortunate that we've really started 
you know, Tala with that ethos of long-term, sustainable, durable growth. And so even during COVID, during a time of crisis, we really focused on building the foundation for sustainability. And so in that sense, we are fortunate that we've been able to continue, you know, really charging ahead with the roadmap that we have and providing, again, these valuable services to our customers. In addition to that, I should say that emerging markets are really acting very differently than I would say U.S. consumers right now. Our customers are in some ways actually more resilient than what we're seeing in terms of the U.S. consumer. You know, uh, we just conducted a recent impact study of our customers, really trying to understand their mindset around money and their confidence. Um, And when asked a question around, you know, whether they could cover an emergency, eight out of 10 customers said that they felt financially confident in being able to cover for a shortfall as opposed to what we see in the US, um, a recent bank rate study actually showed that only four out of 10 Americans could actually cover an emergency during this time. And so in that sense, uh, I think it's, they've always faced volatility, they always face risk. And so there is that inherent resilience and that confidence, but then again, being that kind of true financial partner to them allows us to, again, better support them and increase that confidence throughout their financial life. So ultimately, you're not concerned that this economic downturn is going to cause greater defaults or damage your customer from being able to repay their loans? Right now, we are not concerned because what we saw even during COVID, um, again, without any subsidies coming into these markets, what we saw was a much more resilient customer And we actually came out as a much stronger uh, and I would say profitable uh, business in turn with them. Interesting. Very interesting. So talk to us now about your news out of Kenya. Uh, Expansion in that market. I know you've been expanding geographically, but also working on vertical expansion within each country. We have. And so we've, you know, now expanded across three different continents. We're in Kenya, the Philippines, Mexico and India. But, you know, in addition to expanding our product access, we really think about it as how do we also really transform the system? And um, in that sense, what we're really excited about in Kenya is that we just became uh, a licensed digital lender in Kenya. And this is work that we've been doing since 2014 in Kenya to really ensure that we're protecting our consumers there and our customers, and that we are promoting, again, fair financial services to this customer. Um, Again, transparent access, understanding what the fees are, understanding how they grow their limits, and ensuring, again, that it's not just access to these products, but overall, we're thinking about how do we make this ecosystem stronger for the entire market? And so we worked with the central bank um, and formed the first digital lenders association in Kenya. Uh, And we're really now proud uh, that we are a licensed lender in Kenya and that, you know, this allows us now the opportunity to work with policymakers to further the industry. And so what do you think this is going to mean for you in terms of revenue, um, both in Kenya and, and elsewhere around the world as you work to expand other regions as well? I think that the more that we promote, again, this kind of, um, you know, fair lending and this kind of transparent access, I actually think what it does for us all, hopefully, is that, you know, we take away the bad actors and instead we ensure that we can grow businesses that are, again, win-wins for both the consumer as well as the businesses. 
Now, who are your main competitors? Because I know here in the U.S. where you do not, you're based here in the U.S., but you do not operate here in the U.S. Here in the U.S., the fintech market is incredibly crowded, and there are a lot of different players, both some of which would, are owned by the traditional financial institutions and some of which are startups that are competing in similar spaces, whether it's around lending um, or, or things uh, like mortgages. I mean, so it's a very complex space with a lot of overlap between a lot of different players. What is your competitive landscape like? I would say that, you know, we don't see any competitors that are, again, working globally as we are. Uh, we do see, you know, that we have uh, local institutions that are providing other kinds of services similar to ours. But really, when we think about that competitive landscape, nobody is designed for this customer. And so even though we see similar products in the market, most fintechs, even in our countries, are focusing on a upper segment customer, a much more primed customer. And the reason for that is this customer that we serve, the underserved, is risky. You don't have traditional data access on this customer, and so it's harder to serve them. Uh, so in that sense, we see comparisons, but we don't actually have a true competitor because of the segment as well as the other services that we provide to this customer. Interesting. And we say other services, what are you referring to? Uh, so again, beyond credit. So that can be credit mixed with financial literacy, credit with savings, payments. Um, you know, again, we are now really focused on holistic financial services delivered through that mobile experience. So when I take a step back and think about the impact of uh, an economic downturn, to me, on a company like yours, it's twofold. It's what does it mean for your customers? A, is there more demand? And B, is there more risk to them being able to repay their loans? You said in terms of the risk, you don't see it just yet. But I'm curious if you could tell us about how you think um, this economic uncertainty that we're, we're facing right now could actually impact demand, um, perhaps drive demand. But also there's a question of what it means for you in terms of fundraising. I believe the last time you raised was 2021. So, so curious how this all plays into your roadmap. Sure. Well, again, if I go back to the ethos of Tala, you know, we are designed again for that long-term durable growth. And so we want to be there for our customers during times of uncertainty. Um, and again, you know, we've seen this play out at, in COVID and the fact that, you know, we actually strengthened our relationships with our customers. I think the big change now is that because we've seen the resilience of our customer, we are actually able to go bolder now into this time of uncertainty. And so not only are we there for the customers that we already have, but we've also started working on different kinds of decisioning models, allowing us to widen our access. Because we really believe, again, that the customer that we serve, they do need access to liquidity during this time. An example of that is in Mexico uh, during COVID, what we saw was that many women actually did lose their jobs. Um, but what they did was by having access to credit from Tala, they actually started their own businesses during this time. And they took advantage of the opportunity to build businesses from their homes. Um, but rather than just focus on liquidity, what we did was we also paired it with workshops. And so now we've expanded that to now provide them with podcasts, um, different things around tools, around social media, how they can sell their products from their homes. And so I think, again, this kind of time period that we're going into, we're thinking about it as how do we show up when many, custom, many companies are actually going to be leaving the market because they aren't designed financially as well as from their products to think about sustainability and durable growth. 
Um, your last question around, you know, are we looking at another fundraise? I would say, again, we were very fortunate that we raised in 2021. And so we've, again, stayed very focused on smart investments in our, in our roadmap, and we are not looking to raise another round right now. And you mentioned profitability. What is your own path to profitability? Uh, so we are, again, focusing on ensuring that sustainable growth. And so we've always been thinking about it from, you know, how do we ensure that our business model is working? And we have really proven that that business model works uh, since much earlier in our uh, development. And you, um, you talked about this idea of serving all these underserved customers who don't have access to the types of financial services that you're talking about, whether it's lending or other things. I'm curious what this means in terms of where you looked, are looking to expand internationally. Have you looked at the opportunity in the US where there is an unbanked part of the population, um, millions of people who are unbanked or even to parts of Europe, or are you focused more um, on some other countries? I would say that now that we work across, you know, these three continents, we do have a regional foothold in every market that we want to get into. And so I think we are thinking of it as, you know, as we look at Latin America, how can we understand, you know, what we've accomplished in Mexico and then from there expand further? Uh, same thing in East Africa. And then I would say the same thing in Southeast Asia as well, with the Philippines being that strong foothold and foundation. So no plans to, to expand into some of the markets where other US-based companies are playing? I think that when we think about, again, effort to opportunity or need, uh, we really think of it as, you know, we are able to, I think, go much faster and further in these emerging markets. Um, just again, given the, the nascency of the markets in terms of the, uh, I would say, financial systems in those countries. And just a final question, as you reflect on your leadership and the company's transformation through the pandemic and where we are now, how do you see the company as having changed because of what happened during the pandemic? And are you seeing any other nascent trends um, in, in terms of the customer or the markets that you're paying attention to, to understand where you might be in three or five years? Yeah, I think about it uh, as, you know, we talk about this a lot in tech. At the end of the day, you know, yes, doing innovative work um, draws people in, but ultimately, again, a durable culture lasts because you have a mission. And so for us, I think, you know, COVID brought that front and center, you know, and the team really, again, rallied around the mission and the impact that we want to be having for our customers. And that's why we wake up every single day. And so in that sense, I think it created, again, the connection that even though we work in this remote world now uh, and, and the way we work has maybe changed, the what we do and the why we do uh, has not changed at all. And actually it's just become stronger at the company. And so in that sense, um, I think I will say that, you know, we, we built the foundation for durability in terms of, again, how our supply chain works, how our tech works, but ultimately it's the culture and the mission that drives the company. Well, we've certainly seen an increased focus on purpose-driven companies. Will you be going public the next couple of years? What's, what's the path? I think, again, it's all about controlling our own destiny. And so we will see what comes forward. Well, Shivani Saroya, CEO and founder of Tala, thanks so much for joining us today and giving us a little insight into your big news expanding in Kenya and also what the path forward is for Tala. We really appreciate it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.